Every business goes through a predictable series of steps to achieve success. You, as the owner of your business, will run into these obstacles at major transitions from one stage to the next. The key is to recognize when you've hit that barrier. Then you can pull out the tools and get the training you need to push through each one when you reach it. In today's episode of Own Your Business, I explore the four saints, starting, struggling, stuck, and stretched. How our own company met these challenges head on, and ways to work through the challenges no matter what stage you're at with your company. And if you're feeling stuck or stretched, you should check out our shift retreat. It's a fully immersive business workshop for wedding pros who are ready to break through the barriers of being stuck or reimagine your business to eliminate that constant feeling of being stretched too thin. Head to shiftbusinessretreat.com for more information. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. When I first started ID Action Consulting back in December of 2016, I was like every other wedding pro who starts their business. I just left my cushy job with Todd Events. I was the ops director. It was the dream job that I've always been looking for. And I'd only been in it for a couple of years, but I knew that I needed to do something bigger, something greater with my career. So I took the risk and started out on my own. I had just a little bit of savings to pull from. Certainly nothing that made me sleep well at night. And I had only one client. That's it, one client. And I worked for them for just five to 10 hours a week, which was a lot for one client because it was a big project. But I didn't have anybody else and I was starting to wonder if I had made the right decision. Those days seemed super, super long. I'd get my client work done in like maybe an hour or two. And by 8.30, 9 o'clock, what did I have to spend my time on? So I wrote newsletters. I posted on social media. I reached out to my professional network and I read a ton. I read books, like an entire book in a day. I remember Katie was still working at the Four Seasons and she'd leave the house around 7, 7.30 to go to work, come home around 6. And sometimes when she'd come home, she'd ask me like, what did you do today? And I'd say, I read a book. And she's like, oh, that's great. I'm like, no, I read the entire book. That's how much time I had on my hand. And it was like that for about a year. I had a handful of clients come to me for help and it was great. I also got a chance to renew my first client to pick up more work with them. And I did all sorts of stuff, whatever I could do. I picked up consulting work for a sun hat company. I did business development and strategy for a tap dance company. One of the big upsides of that gig was that I spent a ton of time with Jordan Kahn, who became a really good friend. And he was just on the rise at that point. He's great at business development. And he and I had all sorts of time to talk about strategy and marketing and really cool stuff that I felt like was really creating an opportunity for me to see things in a different way. Another one of the irons that I had in my fire was with Julian Lever, who's a great friend of ours and a client now still. We had talked about his etiquette brand, the Dapper Diplomat, and I knew that I could help him, especially with the marketing and the business development side of things. In fact, I remember one weekend I went back to the San Juan Islands after visiting my daughter and 
I sat down and created an entire website for dapperdiplomat.com, wrote it all out, created the design from a template and sent it over to him. And he was like, this is just what you decided to do on a Saturday. That's how much time I had. Now, one of the things that I did end up stumbling into was public speaking. I spent a lot of time speaking for the Not Pro, which my friend Anya Winnicka had just started and was looking for trusted experts in specific fields. I remember one day Katie came home from work from Four Seasons and she asked how my day was going. And I was so excited that I could barely keep it together because I told her I knew exactly what I needed to do to get ID Action off the ground. I was going to become the pricing expert in the wedding industry. I had all of the things that I needed. I had a decade of experience setting prices for restaurants and hotel rooms and catering and venues. I had some training in it with revenue management books that I'd read for the hotel work specifically. I also had plenty of time to develop my expertise because I was only working a couple hours a day doing client work. That meant that I had a ton of time to go through and to boost my knowledge. That year in 2017, I spoke at four not workshops across the country about pricing. I built my knowledge, I honed my presentation skills, and I spread the word that I could help wedding pros with pricing and sales. I remember at the first four not workshops, I offered a free 30-minute consultation at the end of each presentation, and there were 180, 200 people in the audience each time. Here's what's really crazy. Only one person out of the 800 people that I offered the opportunity to took me up on the offer. It's funny how things change. My big break came in December 2017 when I was asked to speak at Engage. Now, I'd been there a number of times, and Catherine and Rebecca knew me as a sales and pricing expert, and so I was there to talk about pricing. It was a dream come true. Back at my first Engage that I ever went to in November of 2013, I made a deal with a person I was sitting next to on a bus to one of the dining rounds. We both agreed that we would do everything we could to speak at Engage within the next year. Now, she beat me to it. She presented in June of 2014, but now here I was a few years later about ready to get my chance. And business-wise, it worked out great. My breakout was the most attended and I picked up a bunch of clients, including many that I still work with today. But then it slowed back down. I was new to the seasonal swings in the educational space of the wedding world. And really there's only a two month window in January and February where things are super busy. After that, everybody goes back to work. So nothing was brewing with Dapper Diplomat. I wasn't getting as many speaking engagements with The Knot because they weren't doing as many. So I had less brand awareness. Clients weren't always renewing their engagements. The ones that I had, some of them renewed, but others already had their problem solved and didn't need any more help for a while. I tapped out my professional network. So I started writing website copy for clients to see if that was a possible service. I mean, I was doing everything I could by April, just a few months after it looked like it was going to be gangbusters for our company. I thought I might have to find a part-time job or even a full-time one because we were moving from Dallas back to San Juan Island later that year in July. And Katie was leaving her cushy job at Four Seasons. I mean, who gives up director of catering after being there for 14 years? I was terrified that I'd risk too much, that I'd bet too much too often and too early on myself. But the only thing that I could do was to keep putting the work in. So I grew my newsletter list and I wrote a newsletter every week. I developed new blog content to attract people from Google. If I wasn't going to get speaking engagements with the Not Pro, 
I go out and get them with WIPA or NACE or private workshops. And I said yes to absolutely anything that came my way, regardless of price. I had no pride because I had a mortgage. I had kids that had to find another way. And eventually it paid off. I started booking regular coaching clients from the new speaking engagements. My newsletter created a regular touch point every week, and it finally paid off as our number one source of business. My past clients started spreading the word about their success to their friends and colleagues, and I got referrals for the first time. People were signing up for my free consultations, finally, and then they opted into long-term paid coaching. I started doing 90-minute one-on-ones, not just long-term traditional coachings, and that opened up a lot of new clients. I created a monthly group coaching program and an online course to improve sales skills. And just before the pandemic, we hosted and filled almost all of the seats for our first two immersive sales workshops. It got so busy that Katie even joined the team full-time and was doing website copywriting for our coaching clients, and we had a three-month-long wait list. But then the pandemic hit. We wanted to help as many wedding pros as possible with free coaching sessions to get people through that tough first several months. We had nearly a 1,000 people sign up, but in addition to them, I had 30-plus one-on-one clients at the time, and I was busy helping them get through that mess. So by the time the initial crisis in the spring of 2020 calmed down, I was totally burned out. I wanted to keep helping as many wedding pros grow their businesses, but I realized really quickly that there was only so much that I could do one-on-one. And if I wanted to make a bigger impact, which is why I do what I do, I knew that I needed to help as many business owners as possible by doing things a little differently. The people that I worked with were seeing amazing results. I was helping people who were just starting or who were struggling, and especially those who felt a little stuck like they were on a plateau or maybe like they had hit a ceiling. And I knew I had so much more potential to put those ideas to use in hundreds or even thousands of other businesses throughout the wedding industry. I remember I was on a podcast as a guest during the pandemic, and after the episode wrapped, the host said to me, you know, Sam, your stuff is really good, better than anyone else I've interviewed on my podcast. It's too bad no one knows about you. What a backhanded compliment. And it, it woke me up. It was like a slap in the face. It shook me to my core. I remember telling Katie about it, and I felt totally defeated. My stuff was good. It was helping people, and it could help a lot more. But how was I going to let them all know about it? Then Clubhouse came along. Now, I had initially resisted Clubhouse because we were so busy with a new launch for our upgraded online course, Blueprint to Book More. And I thought, Ugh, another social media app? Do I really have to do it? So I tried it out for a week, and people showed up in my rooms. Eventually, more and more people showed up. Maybe you were one of them. I shared advice freely. And I shared it for a couple hours every morning for weeks on end. I answered questions. I talked about buyer psychology. I partnered with other educators. In the middle of that terrible winter of 2020 and 2021, the hours that I spent on Clubhouse gave me purpose and filled my cup. Finally, I had found a way to reach more people to help get them through the tough times that we were all facing. In a few short weeks, I was getting 400 to 500 people at a time every morning in my rooms, twice what any other educator in the industry was getting for attendance and our business took off. We did more work for clients in a three-month period than we did in the entire first two years. Before Clubhouse, we had four full-time people on our team. We immediately added one more copywriter, then another, and finally, I decided I needed a number two to come in and run the daily operations because it was too much for me to handle. 
I was stretched too thin to take care of all of our clients as well as support our team. I was giving 80% of what they all needed and I was still creeping up on 80 hours a week worth of work. It was not sustainable. I needed help. My guiding principle in hiring team members is to find the right person for the right position. And I knew that I needed someone who loved to do all the things that I loathed and who was good at the things that I sucked at. So I went through 800 people in my professional network list to find the one person who would come in to support me and our company as we grew. Within a month, we hired the only one I could imagine for the job. In the nearly two years since then, we've continued to grow, but at a more sustainable pace. I've cut down on one-to-one coaching because I can make more of an impact doing group programs. We've expanded to six-time full-time copywriters, doing websites for our clients. We've added two annual business retreats for wedding pros who want to plan out their business strategically. And I put out this podcast every week because, as you know, Clubhouse is dead. But the information that I want to share with people is still helping hundreds a week, just like you. So why did I spend the last dozen minutes telling this story about our business? There's a couple of reasons. One, it's our story of origin. And I want more people like you to know about it, to hear about our why. More of that next week with Katie when she joins me on the podcast. But I also want to share it with you because it's a tale of how most businesses grow over time. How they get from where they are to where they want to be. From obscurity to recognition. It does not happen overnight. It does not happen all at once. One of my favorite stories in James Clear's Atomic Habits is the one about the ice cube in a room that's at 23, 24 degrees. There's another room that's outside on the other side of the window where a group of people are watching this ice cube and the, the room temperature where the ice cube is sitting goes from 22 to 23 degrees. Nothing happens. 23 to 24, no change. 24 to 25, 25 to 26, nothing is different about the ice cube. It's still solid ice and the people are looking on like, what's going on? Then it goes from 26 to 27, 27 to 28, 28 to 29, still nothing, ice cube. 29 to 30, 30 to 31, the people are going, wow, nothing is changing at all. And then it goes from 31 to 32 degrees and the ice cube melts. And everybody looks around and goes, wow, it must be really hot in there. That's how so many people look at success stories, whether it's in the wedding industry or anywhere else. They only see that thing that happened at the very end, that incremental change that made it go from obscurity to recognition. Now, I coach some of the best in the business, and I can assure you that they too don't reach the top right away. They put in years of effort, and they make smart choices. Now, I want to talk about four big obstacles to achieving the kind of success that you want for your business. Every wedding pro I know is bumping into some kind of issue with their company. The specifics might be unique to you, but they tend to lump themselves into several general categories. I call them the four saints. Back in the early days of our company, when I had all the time in the world to develop my knowledge because I didn't have very many clients, I remember reading an article in the Harvard Business Review that talked about five different growth stages of a small business. This was from like 1982, I think. And while reading it, I realized that the transition from one stage to the next was fraught with difficulties. The article was focusing on what the stage looked like, but I was focused on what the transition looked like. The challenges that got in the way of a company going from where they are to where they wanted to be. 
And so I came up with names for each of those stumbling blocks on the path to ultimate long-term success for any small business, including those in the wedding industry like yours. And those challenges were starting, struggling, stuck, and stretched. As you can see, they all start with ST, an abbreviation for saints, hence the name I give them, the four saints. And as you'll see, everyone goes through them. Even we did with our own business. So the first struggle, the first transition obstacles that you run into are related to starting. Business owners want to take an idea and make it successful. But it's not easy to create momentum with a big boulder that you're trying to push uphill, especially if you've never run a company before. Big challenges at the starting transition include brand awareness, positioning products and services, and competency in new and important skills. I felt this for the first year in business, right up till that big break of speaking at Engage for the first time. If you're feeling this way now, we offer solutions to get you going in the right direction with a clear path forward and the essential tools that you'll need to use along the way. Remember, we all start somewhere. And those who get going fastest are usually the ones with a push from others. The second transition obstacle gets clustered into a struggling category. It's not easy to make a sustainable profit with your business. In fact, you'll never stop worrying about your long-term success. And what gets in your way? Inconsistent sales, overspending, trying to do too much in areas you don't have any real expertise. I experienced this after the first big wave of clients settled down, and I was feeling the pressure of making enough money to support our move back to San Juan Island. If you're struggling right now, we can help you identify A, what's at the root of the issues, and B, practical, tactical advice to push through what's getting in the way of your success. The third area of obstacles you run into after success comes, at some point, you get stuck. This is the most common reason that wedding pros reach out to us right now. They're stuck, hit a plateau, ran into a ceiling. Here's what really happens. Why do you get stuck? Because you've been bootstrapping and DIYing it, and that only gets you so far. Then you reach a point where your natural ability, your charisma, your connections, it all runs out, and you have to develop a new set of skills on top of what you already know. For me, that was when I tapped the well with speaking engagements, my professional network ran dry, and no in-person workshops or conferences were happening because of the pandemic. I couldn't make progress anymore. If you're stuck, we can give you the tools and training to level up your business, brand, and buyer's journey with coaching and done-for-you services like website copy and brand strategies. We also offer the Shift Business Retreat, where you can push through the obstacles to find your way and gain momentum. The fourth area of struggle is the stretched. The most successful business owners often grow fast, too fast, or at least faster than their operations and team can keep up with them. After years of quick success, the company is held together by the sheer force of their owner's will and 80 hour work weeks. And that's not sustainable. Burnout, low morale that leads to frequent employee turnover, lower profit margins, negative impacts on your own personal life. Hey, this was me right after my two month binge on Clubhouse. Burned out. Now, I work with a few of these clients every year and I usually do extended one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's amongst the most rewarding that I do because it creates a massive impact and improvement on inspiration, pride, profitability. 
But it's also why we created Shift Retreats in the first place, our immersive business retreats that we're hosting in Costa Rica this November and this December are meant to address people who feel like they found success, but they're stretched thin. If you're feeling a little burned out or you're ready to set new goals for a new kind of success, you should consider joining us. Because just like every business goes through a predictable series of steps to achieve success, you, as the owner of your business, will run into obstacles at major transitions from one stage to the next. Interested in diving deeper into your business challenges, one of our immersive retreats? Check out the show notes or go to shipbusinessretreat.com. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 